up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Make the show your first listen every single day, five days a week, free on all platforms. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team, every day. Fun show for you today. We are hours away, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, from the Blazers kicking off their preseason slate. They play Monday evening in Seattle and then Tuesday here back in Portland against the Clippers and the Jazz, respectively. It is a, it is our first chance to see what this new group looks like, and it is importantly a new group. So I want to talk about sort of things I'm excited about to watch, things I'm curious about to watch, and a couple uh, a couple little sort of predictions about what I expect to see from the team this year. Um, I'm nervous to do this first segment if if I'm keeping it a buck because I did a whole excitement over Shaden Sharp thing heading into Summer League. I did a whole optimism show and, you know, a whole 10 minutes of getting hyped up and then he didn't, he got hurt right away. Um, Obviously that was, I didn't do that. It was, you know, Jaden Ivey and genetics or whatever, but like, Man, I really am ready to see Shaden Sharp. <laughs> no doubt about it. I'm ready to see Shaden Sharp play. He is the most exciting part of preseason for me. He's probably the most exciting part of preseason for you. We just haven't seen him. We haven't seen him. And this is coming out of training camp. All of the praise has been effusive, but it's also kind of like the nature of it when a reporter asks a player on the team, like, so what have you seen from Shaden Sharp? They're just not going to say he sucks. <laughs> You know, like uh, typically guys praise their coworkers unless it's uh, truly bad vibes. But like, you know, I'm not and not like hating on any of the reporter reporting from camp or anything like that. Just like it's the nature of it is people are going to be positive. They've been positive always. They've been, you know, from from, you know, early on in summer league workouts, his teammates were excited like, oh, man, he's so special. You hear the same thing coming out of of um, of of training camp now. It's like, oh, he has some special tools, certainly tempered expectations. The quotes from and then shout out to uh, Sean Hyken of, of uh, the Rose Garden report for wonderful reporting from down in Santa Barbara this week. But like from Sean's reports, a couple of the quotes I've seen is like, depending on what you want to read, you can get whatever from the Shane Sharp news. Like, I think. Chauncey Bulbs was pretty clear, like, yeah, he has a long way to go. And 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 Dame said sort of the same thing. It's like he's he's really good and he's will take some seasoning, but he's got like he's got some skills that no one else has and some physical tools that no one else has. Yeah. It's okay to get excited about Shaden Sharp all over again. We just haven't seen him play basketball, you know, you know, whatever it was, five and a half minutes of of preseason action. Obviously, no college basketball. I'm not th- think I don't think a lot of us were watching the 2020, uh, 2021 EYBL circuit, but if you were, you got a good look at it. Shout out to my man Reggie Walker. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Reggie got a good look at Shaden Sharp at the EYBL circuit. But like just in, in general, we haven't seen him. So I am so excited. Like the 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 part of preseason that's getting me excited is to sh- see Shaden Sharp play basketball. But what does he like? What does he need to do? What's like a baseline for Sharp? He doesn't need to be great. I do not need him to be great. Like I am ready to see him catch the ball on the wing, beat his man, and hit like a sixteen foot pull up jump shot and go nuts on this podcast. Like I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to see his um. You know, I'm ready to see him like miss a putback dunk on an offensive rebound and go nuts on this podcast. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. 
But in general, like he just hasn't played that much basketball. So when you do, you know, like like he hasn't played that much basketball in this this high level of a, of a setting as it will be against a real NBA team in which Kawhi Leonard and John Wall are expected to play for, uh, and Paul George are expected to play for the Clippers. Like we're gonna see the whole version of the Clippers that just hasn't played in a while. So um, it'll be a really good test depending on what kind of matchups we get for Sharp. But I don't need to see him dominate, right? I don't even need to see him be one of the Blazers' like five best players. If he is, awesome. Awesome. What you want to see from young guys, and particularly someone like him, because I think he's a different beast than even just like a typical rookie, just because of how few reps he's had at playing high-level basketball. You want to see flashes. You want to see three or four things. You know, say he plays 18 minutes, right? Maybe 25. Somewhere in that range. Half the game. You want to see four or five moments when you're like, yeah, yes, yes, I can see how that translates. And it doesn't need to be making shots. Uh, it doesn't need to be, you know, blocking shots at the square, as we've heard reported from campus that he's just chasing fools down and blocking at 12 feet in the air. Like, it doesn't need to be that. It doesn't need to be a crazy poster dunk and all of those things. Like, those things would be great. <laughs> They'd be great. Like, boy, will it be fun to record this show on Monday night if Shaden Sharp plays like that. What you need from Sharp, realistically, is to be, is to be, have enough plays that you can see how it translates into the, into whatever they do next. Like, what you actually need from Shaden Sharp is two times on the wing, he catches it once he goes into a pull-up, once he gets all the way to the rim. And then the next time when they give him a little space, he hits a three or shoots a three cleanly, right? Like you need to see him go through the different ways he can attack. You need to see him make decisions on the fly against a scrambling defense. You need to like just a couple, a couple physical gifts, a couple good looking decisions, just like anything that looks translatable to the league. If he goes, you know, if he shoots four of 16, 16 shots, love to see it. But if he shoots like four of 16, I don't care. I don't care. There's almost no statistical measurements that would make me worry if there are some physical tools that pop. I don't, um, I think I'm lower in general than like your typical Blazers fan, just judging by um, the emails and YouTube comments and what I've seen on Reddit, uh, et cetera. Like, I think like... Uh, I don't know, like generic Blazers fan is like ready to call this uh, young man Kobe Bryant. I think that's unfair. I don't want to do that to him. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about Shaden Sharp like he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greats to ever play the game because I think it's an unfair expectation. But I'm willing to get excited about his star potential if we see some star potential stuff. Star potential stuff, individual shot creation. If he can get the ball and create his own shots off the bounce. Um, like, there's a wide range of dudes who can score off the bounce. There's there's Deion Waiters on one end and there's Kobe Bryant on the other. Like, there's, you know, it's it's not all the same. It's like J.R. Smith and is is a guy who could create off the bounce, but he was never, you know, obviously there's like little, there's, there's, different, there's different routes to get there, but that is sort of a prerequisite for superstar stuff his ability to go get your own offense the self-created the pull-up jump shots i want to see him get into that and then i want to see him attack the rim use that athleticism functionally and be i'm not worried about his defense in game one we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in the future but enough stuff offensively decision making and that individual creation stuff that can that is an easy way to get excited that's that's what i want to see from shane sharp that would make me excited i am um like like I said, well, I'm not as as hyped is because like I don't 
I don't think he's going to be like, you know, he said he wants to win rookie of the year. I don't think he has a path to win rookie of the year this year. I don't think he, like, it just, he just, it seems unlikely he'll get enough minutes to do that and enough shots to do that. And that's fine. He can be a star, an absolute star in this league, even if he has a complimentary role in year one. What I want to see from Shaden Sharp is the makings of someone who can sneak into an NBA rotation. And then we will get more excited from there. One of the problems, though, with the Shaden Sharp debut is that you are not going to be able to watch it. Um, Root Sports, the Blazers, the the channel that the regional sports network that broadcasts the Blazer games, is not broadcasting this game. It will be broadcasting KTLA in in Los Angeles, so it will be on NBA League Pass for those of you out of market. But you know, Yar, II Captain, Ahoy there, matey, y'all know what to do. If you need to sail the seven seas to watch this game, I'm not encouraging you to break the law, but there's an opportunity to do so because the Blazer Sports Network has chosen not to broadcast preseason games in the past. Um, it's one thing to not broadcast them in Portland. I always think that's weird, but to not broadcast one in Seattle when you're based in Seattle just strikes me as cheap and stupid. Why pay to broadcast the Blazer games if you're not going to broadcast an historic event in Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle? Two NBA teams back playing in that city. What the hell? So, if you do want to watch Shaden Sharp and you are in market in Portland, in the Portland, the, the Root Sports coverage area, you are, you're going to have to get creative in your, the way that you do that. Or... I'm just gonna have to come back because we will recap what we saw here. If you're not, uh, if you're not, uh, don't ha- if you don't own an eye patch or have a parrot on your shoulder or know what I'm talking about, uh, you know, just come back and I'll we'll talk about. I will I will find a way to watch the show. I watch the game and then we will talk about it here. Okay, that's my complaints about uh, regional sports networks and encouragement to uh, everyone to, out there to get creative, yar mateys. Uh, let's talk about some other stuff I want to see in the second segment, specifically Jeremy Grant. Super intrigued by the way he is utilized. Let's talk about what that might look like in the second segment. But first, I want to tell y'all about LinkedIn. Listen, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Here's what you do. You just use their simple tools like screening questions, and it'll make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire and who you'd like to interview. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn the number one the number one tool in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmba to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Let's talk more preseason stuff. I'm excited to watch Shaden Sharp. Go go flourish, young man. Go flourish. The other person I'm excited to watch, Jeremy Grant. Blazers' big big acquisition in the offseason. He is such a key part of what they want to do. Um, Jeremy Grant is basically, uh, he's the guy who 
if he if he fits like their their sort of ceiling their baseline of competency is really high because it's like you have that defender you have that other score you have that length that athleticism like you have the forward you've been searching for and i think like a good version of jeremy grant helps like just it prevents the bottom from falling out of this team um and and if he really fits like he does raise the the floor the ceiling a little bit but for the most part what jeremy grant to me is like sets the baseline of how good this team could be if the, if, if jeremy grant's good they're right there in the mix for a playoff spot, like avoiding the play-in. You know, like I think they, they can be right there depending on how how well he fits. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, if there's some growing pains with figuring out his fit or if he's not quite like as impactful defensively as you were hoping for, then, you know, there's some there'll be some other concerns. But like in general, he's the guy who kind of sets, the, for me, who sets the baseline for how good they're going to be. Obviously, Damian Lillard, but I think he's more bankable in terms of his production and what he's what he's going to do. But so much of Jeremy Grant's fit on this roster, to me, is is how he fits. And I'm really curious, that's what we've been watching for in the first uh, couple preseason games and certainly the first preseason game is how do they use Jeremy Grant? Grant wants to, like in his core... He wants to get isolation then the mid post and go to work from the mid range. Like he, that's Jeremy Grant will take up, take some pull up 19 footers off of two dribbles this year. And you'll be like, what, why? Like he, he, that's part of his arsenal for sure. But I want to see how the Blazers like utilize him in, in those sort of non late clock, Jeremy go to work type sets. I know, I kind of know what he wants to do. He wants to, he's like, he's a good athlete who can, who can attack. Uh, but he's like a, he wants to shoot in isolation. Like that's, that's part of kind of, um, part of who he's been the last couple of years in Detroit. We'll see how he fits here and how he fits here is like, some of it is just like some utilization questions. I think Grant will mostly be used as a spacer and slasher. Like I think what the Blazers want to do is play a you know, spread pick and roll offense where you have Dame and you have Ant and you have Nods and you have Jeremy all can attack the the paint, like can get in slash to the, to the paint, you get to the paint, you draw help defense, you, you kick it out to the perimeter, swing, swing, you get threes, or you swing into the backside and drive again against a scramble defense. Like, I, I think that's the ideal Chauncey Billups offense. It was a little more movement heavy. They called more sets early in the year, but kind of once they settled into the sort of late December, they're bad then, so it's like hard to tell. But it's like late December, and even that good the stretch where they played um, against Memphis, uh, heading into the All Star break, Memphis and Milwaukee. Like it's basically spread pick and roll. It's less sets and more more spread drive and kick stuff. And I think that's where Jeremy fits. Like he's going to be on the second side as a as a shooter and a slasher. And I think his slashing ability is something they really haven't had like in theory Nas and him are both guys who can put pressure on the rim and attack you have that add that element it really it really helps um you know uh, Josh Hart is the same way to some extent and if you think uh Anthony Simons can take a step in that direction then you've, you've really got some people who can get all the way to the rack it's it's an intriguing and fun offensive attack that we will see I am certainly intrigued by it but I want to see if Jeremy Grant and uh, and Dame or Jeremy Grant Ant have two-man game like if they run pick and rolls high pick and rolls with him uh, and what that looks like, if it's only pick and pop stuff, if it's true, you know, uh, him diving to the rim, or if they run like stack or Spain pick and rolls, that'd be double pick and rolls of various varieties. Those aren't the interchangeable words, but various varieties of double pick and rolls with Ant or with Grant and Nurk and what those look like, who pops, who dives. I mean, it'll be, you can guess who dives will be Nurk, but like what that looks like and what the actions look like. How they how they manipulate Jeremy Grant in the offense is, is super, super intriguing to me. Um, like where he gets his touches. 
I don't want to see him get the Carmelo Anthony, you know, here's respect for the veteran mid-post ISOs. Not the same coach. You got to hope that it's different, but um, I will be, one of the things I'll be watching closely and certainly talking about on this podcast is how how does Jeremy Grant get his touches? How does Jeremy Grant get his shots? That That is that is intriguing to me. The other thing I'm going to watch is the Damon-Ant pairing. Um, they're both really good, and I'm not, I'm not really worried about their production on offense. Like, I really, I think... I think in general, it's it, it's like, how will they fit uh, like off the ball? I think every time is going to be fine. I'm worried about them on defense. I think they might stink on defense. That's the worry. I think Ant's going to be, he was, his catch and shoot numbers were awesome last year. Um, you know, he might be a little bit worse, like overall production than if he's, uh, if he doesn't get the ball as much, just like counting numbers wise, but his skill set doesn't suggest that he absolutely needs the ball in his hands. I'm not worried about that. One thing I would like to see though, is some Ant Dame centric actions where the defense has to deal with both of them in the same action. Dame and CJ for most of their time together were really good, but they would split the floor. And so defense would, you know, they one swing to the other side, the other. And it's like, you just, you're it's Dame on one side, CJ on the other, or, or you know, one, one coming up from the corner and, and you kick to him on the wing. Like, they weren't often involved in actions together, which would force the defense to make some decisions. They're same with Damon Ant, like they're like size, the way that Damon CJ were. So like you can you will have defenders who can switch the action. So it's not like you're gonna force um force this like really brutal switch and be able to take advantage. But I think putting your best offensive players into the same action can force a defense, force defenses to make hard decisions. Chauncey was better at that. Um, as he went, as the season went along, and probably better at it than Terry Stotts ever was. Although Terry Stotts' defense or offenses were great, so like, whatever. He just it's just something he didn't do. Um, I want to see more than more of Damon Ant in actions together, forcing defenses to make a decision because they're both, you know, they're running a dribble handoff or a quick little like pistol action where it's like a handoff into another pick and roll. But Dame is the guy who's who is whose man is the help responsibility in those actions so you don't want to help off dame etc like just little x's and ozy stuff um the wrinkles i don't know if you know typically coaches are relatively vanilla in in preseason but um with a new crew billups has some has some incentive to try the stuff he wants to try uh, and i think he will i think we'll see it so how that works the other thing is um who plays and when? This is the thing I care most about with coaches. Who plays and when? I think it's the number one thing coaches do is decide who plays and when they play. Um, you do a bunch of coaching beforehand. You do some coaching afterwards. But like in the game, NBA coaches, the biggest thing they do is make substitutions, decide on combinations that are out on the floor. Um, you know, obviously there's more that goes into it. But I like I really believe something like 60% of NBA coaching is like putting the right dudes on the floor at the right time. In the regular season, it changes very much later on. But like I will pay attention to the groupings eventually what i will actually pay attention to in the preseason is the is the first the first round of subs um some coaches particularly with more veteran teams and more um teams with a little more continuity will intentionally be wonky with the subs in preseason they'll just they'll they'll sub five guys at a time they'll sub in groupings that never play together they'll have you know um Olivier Saar be the first to like the Olivier Saar or equivalent be the first sub off the bench because why not? It's like they will, they will do that. Last year in his first season though, Chauncey Billups pretty much showed us the rotation night one of preseason. And I'm just talking first sub second subs don't matter. Even the third quarter subs don't matter as much, but 
when we, you get to about that six, seven minute mark of the, of the first quarter, who comes in off the bench, um, like who starts and then who comes in off the bench, that will be, that has been at least typically with Chauncey Billups, a pretty good tell of what the sub pattern is going to look like. So I will pay close attention to that. And I, like I said, I think it's, I think it's pretty Dame, Ant, Nazir Little, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic, that's who, who, who I believe will start. Josh Hart's your first guy off the bench. Gary Payton's your second guy off the bench. Justice Winslow's your third guy off the bench. I think eight guys are pretty much set in stone for the Blazers. So I'll be paying close attention to 9-10. I'll be clo- paying close attention to um, Trenton Watford, who I think is nine. Uh, and then the 10th guy, right? Like, is it Drew Eubanks? Do they go bigger? Is it uh, Shane Sharp? Do they just, uh, do they let him play? Do they figure out a way to get Jabari Walker in there? Like, what is what does that look like? What is, you know, um, I I'm having a hard time seeing Greg Brown playing at all this season, but what does his utilization look like? What do they do with Keon? Like, is is where does where do, what do they do with the math between basically the Keon and Shaden Sharp minutes? I'll pay attention to that. I don't think we're going to learn a ton in the first couple of preseason games, but I think that first substitution pattern will tell us a lot about what Chauncey wants to do. All right, to close the show, I got a prediction for the Blazers. I think they're going to be among the league leaders in this. I think it's a I think it's a pretty safe bet. Uh so let's let's talk about that in the third segment. But before we do that, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action regardless of whatever that sports action is. You'll find it on Bet Online. Listen, I'm recording this during NFL Sunday. You can get all the lines, props, and odds on on your uh, on all of your NFL games. You can do it on college football all weekend long. That's on BetOnline.net. You can bet on any other sport you're looking for. So why not go take advantage today? That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. What are the Blazers? The Blazers are going to lead the league in this category or darn close to it. They're going to be top five in the league in this category. It's utilization of zone defense. I think the Blazers are going to play so much freaking zone. I think we're going to start seeing it this year against the Clippers. Here's why I think they're going to play zone a bunch. They already did it last year more than you thought they would. Uh, they brought, they introduced it early, and they were horrific at it. And even when they were tanking at the end of the year, they played a bunch of zone. In preseason or in, in summer league this year, they played a bunch of zone. Um, they're going to be. I am calling it now. Calling my shot now. Top five in the league in zone utilization. Top five in the league at frequency of playing zone. I just think. I straight up just think it's a lock. Like it's just, it is absolutely just going to happen. Why do I think that? One, as I just mentioned, the just they've done it before. Two, it's a personnel thing. They're going to want to play small. And one of the ways you can play small is switching a bunch and just trying to keep dudes in front so you don't get caught in... Um, in as brutal an isolations because every action you're switching and just keeping the ball in front of you and you kind of have that principle of, okay, pass it off, stay in front, pass it off, stay in front. Like that, just a, just, you know, a, a sort of a universal switch to play playgroundy style defense to keep guys in front. It's a way to, you know, sometimes it's a way you can get caught with bad matchups, but it's also a way to just, um, to just kind of... I don't know hide is the right word, but negate some of your defensive struggles because your principles are pass off and help, pass off and help. Like 
hey, this, you know, if they, if they, if they move this way, we're just going to switch that action and let it go. And zone in the NBA is basically a switch scheme. It's basically a switch scheme. And what I mean by that is like, depending on your familiarity with NBA defenses, or like if you played high school basketball or whatever, like in, in high school and collegiate basketball, you can guard a spot a little bit better. Hey, you are the bottom corner and the weak side of the zone. You can't do that in the NBA because there's too many good shooters and attackers. You have to match up. Like you have to, um, you have to be guarding someone, or your or the zone is just broken right away. Like it's just immediately broken. That's what the problem with the Blazers was last year. They were really bad at matching up. Teams would just overload the zone, put three guys on one side of the floor where the Blazers had two. The Blazers would screw that up and give up a bucket. Like that was it was like very easy to beat them in the zone defense. They got better at it throughout the year. Um, They've absolutely been hammering it in camp. Uh, we're going to see it. But part of it is like you just have to match up. So I think what we will, what's like the switch scheme that they would rather play is is like you play zone because it is basically a man switch scheme. I think they're going to play two different zones. I think they're going to play two, three and three, two. Two, three would be two, two guys at the top. Three, two would be three guys at the top of the zone. Um, I would love to see Jeremy Grant play in top of the zone in, in as the uh, as the high man in in a three two zone. That I think that could be really intriguing. Also put Nas there and keep Jeremy Grant down low. I like it. I like it. At least in theory, um, they're just going to like. There, I think we're going to see them play a bunch of it. I think they're going to commit to it and stick with it. And, um, you know, it's just, it fits their principles. They already want to play pretty aggressive and switch a bunch with their man-to-man defense. The zone defense allows them to continue to do that. Plus, it keeps Nurk from running out around the perimeter and lets him kind of, because of the principles, stay a little bit closer to the basket. He's your best shot blocker, your best deter. The thing that sh- that Nurk does better than anyone else in the roster is be gigantic. He'll be gigantic in the paint and deter people from driving to the rim if you're in a zone because the principles will keep him close to the basket in theory. Uh, they're just going to play a bunch of it. So be on the lookout. I'm going to be on the lookout for two types of zone, 3-2 and 2-3. Um, they will call it from the bench almost every time. So if, um, depending on the way the broadcast works, when the Blazers are going back on defense, watch Roy Rogers, the Blazers defensive coordinator. He will stand up and he will make a call. And that call will be man, which I, I, I believe is the fist, or they, although they switch it up a little bit, or zone, which I believe is uh, all five fingers out. Uh, watch those couple different things. Um, I'll get the calls after watching one preseason game. That's my recollection from last year. And you can just see what they get into and see how they do it. They're going to play it a bunch, so so get used to it. The last thing I'm watching for the Blazers is speed on offense. Every year, almost every team in the league talks about playing faster. The Blazers have done this forever under, under both coaches, under different organizational structures. <laughs> they talked about playing faster. I do not think Damian Lord wants to play fast in the NBA. He's one of the best offensive players in the league, and he likes to play a little bit slower. It's hard to criticize a guy who's one of the five best offensive players in the league when he's right for like, you should play a different way. Should he? (laughs) Should he? Should he? Should he? But it's a thing they're going to talk about. So with me, I'm not expecting the Blazers to run, 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 run when Dame's on the court. They're just not going to. It's just like, you know, zebras and stripes or whatever it is. Like he's just, he's tigers and stripes. Who's tigers? Sorry. Apologies to zebras. Like they're they're just gonna 
there's just not, not so much he's going to do in year 11. Like he's just, he's going to play the way he plays and he's really good at it. But when Dame's not off the court, I expect them to run, or not on the court, I expect them to run, 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 run. And the thing I'd like to see from when Dame is on the court is, is to get into stuff a little bit faster. You don't need to like Wes Unseld, grab it off the glass and throw an outlet pass to midcourt and like try to score, you know, seven seconds or less Suns. Um, I don't know, Wes Unseld and seven, seven seconds or less Suns in the same sentence. Those are definitely the same era of basketball. I nailed it. Uh, they don't need to be either of those types of teams, right? They don't need to be the late seventies Washington Bullets or or the D'Antoni era Suns. Like, but getting into stuff faster, getting into your actions with eighteen on the clock as opposed to fourteen on the clock matters. Um, you know, you need to play. I would like them to play a little bit faster, but that doesn't mean they need to like lead the league in fast break points. It means they just need to push up because when you push. You force teams to match up early, and if you force them to match up early, sometimes they get caught in bad matchups, or they get caught, you know, or you just catch them before they're truly set on the help side or all those things. Just get into stuff earlier. Um, I don't expect a dramatic change in this, but I think them playing a little faster has some real value. So that's what I'm watching in preseason. Shaden Sharp, Jeremy Grant, how the Damon Ant pairings work, the first substitution, how much zone they play, and the speed with which they initiate their offense. On this is your new Monday, October third show. On Tuesday, October fourth, we will recap that Seattle game. Uh, Wednesday show will recap the Tuesday game. I'll be back in the building, excited to watch a Blazer game again in person. Very excited to be back for the season. That'll be Wednesday show recapping that Jazz preseason game. We'll get more uh, player previews later this week. It's here. The season is here. The wait is over, which means. Locked on Blazers, five days a week, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Make it your first listen every day. How about you make your second listen, the uh, Locked on Season Previews. We are previewing every team in the league. We're breaking teams up into groups. It's going to be in the Locked on NBA feed, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Uh, the hosts, uh, nobody, no other network can do this. I don't know, like it's, Locked on's unique. We got a host we got a daily podcast for every team in the nba we're all getting together with within sort of organized groups to preview our team and talk about other teams with the hosts that covered the show closely people in market who know what they're talking about it's a ton of fun uh these preview shows are a great way to get started so subscribe to locked on nba on youtube or wherever you get podcasts Come back and listen to tomorrow's show. We will recap the blazers first preseason game and get excited about shaden sharp i appreciate you listening i'll talk to you soon <laughs>